Hey, 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 just sliding in with a friendly reminder that March 27th through March 30th is our four-day Mindset Makeover Magic Workshop. You're going to get three days of some deep, intense mindset coaching and mindset reframing, reshifting, reprogramming, rewiring all of the re's so that on day four, you are ready to create a vision board that actually freaking manifests and is in alignment with the woman that you want to be and create. Now, there are two options for this workshop. You can do the whole four days for 111, or you can just come in on the last day for 333. But if you sign up for the entire workshop, you get a free surprise bonus that I absolutely over the moon excited to share with you. So link will be in the show notes. If you have any questions, you can always DM me or email me. And now for today's episode. Have you ever felt like you're talking to a wall or to a toddler or to, you know, I don't know, a freaking rubber tie on the ground. It can be one of the most frustrating things to do the work of being able to competently communicate your emotions only for it to fall on deaf ears. If you feel like this is you, then you are probably emotionally intelligent. And on the other hand, have you ever felt like all of the knowledge that you know, especially those of you that understand psychology, um, it doesn't quite play out the way that you would expect? Meaning you give everybody all of the advice, you know all the right answers, but when it's time for the test, when, it, when, when the shit show is your shit show, it's an actual shit show, right? Can you relate to that? Because if so, uh, you may be struggling with emotionally emotional maturity. And there's a difference between maturity and intelligence. Prime example, I'm going to use a relationship uh, that I was in last year. We're going to, we don't even call it a situationship. We're going to call it a, uh, I had a mentor and the two of us got boundaries crossed. Emotions came up and we both decided it would be in our best interest to not pursue the relationship at this time while we're both having, uh, building our businesses. Oh. Now that you understand the dynamics of that relationship, just keeping it real, this person was extremely emotionally intelligent. They were extremely aware of their emotions, my emotions, the understanding of emotions and how they work, and lots of psychology. However, when it comes to emotional maturity, this is the act of actually applying that knowledge. This is where I came in, because this very well-educated human uh, just because they were aware of their emotions doesn't mean that they put it into play all the time. In fact, what I noticed from this super emotionally intelligent person was that they were very free with their emotions. They allowed themselves to get angry and to explode and to do all kinds of things that I considered to be immature. While from their perspective, they viewed it as, no, this is very mature. Emotions are healthy. And so the, I feel like there's a fine line between being able to express yourself in a healthy manner and just being like, fuck it, I'm human and acting a fool, which more often than not is what I felt this person would do. So intelligence is simply the awareness or the understanding of, and emotional maturity is the act of actually applying that knowledge. So emotionally intelligent, emotionally intelligent people know how, or at least they understand how to handle tough situations, right? Think of this as like the person that graduates school. They've read the books. They know, okay, in this situation, this is what you do. And in this situation, this is what you do. So like they, they know, right? But 
it's totally different from the person who's actually been in the field, been in the shits, went through it, and has had to apply this knowledge. So I like to compare the emotionally intelligent to the graduate and the emotionally mature to the professional. So it makes sense. One is actually doing while one is just knowing. Now, if you're still not crystal clear on what this looks like, someone who is um, not emotionally intelligent or who is lacking an emotional, actually, let's not do the lacking. Let's, let's do the signs of emotional maturity because you may be like, all right, I know how to respond and this is snap, but dang, do I know how to put it into action? Okay, so emotionally mature people, they don't blame someone else for their actions, for their problems, their behavior, or or seek other people to fix their problems and their behaviors. Um, a good way to measure this is how you behave when life doesn't go your way. Do you throw a temper tantrum? Do you start doom and gloom? Do you start spiraling down? Like it's one thing to know that you're sad, and one thing to know that things didn't go your way. It's another thing to let them just completely drag you down a freaking uh, pity party, right? Here's a prime example of uh, someone not being emotionally mature, right? When I do client check-ins or when I'm touching base with someone, I'm doing a coaching call. And when we're talking about why they haven't hit their goals, or better yet, I take this back. I take this back. I'm not going to throw my clients under the bus. People who have yet to sign up and we're still in the, in the DMs, we're still talking, we're still figuring out whether this is going to be a good fit or not. When I ask them what's stopping them, um, usually before someone has worked with a coach to help like call you on your bullshit, they'll say stuff like, oh, well, work, well, my kids, well, this is not, and, and I just can't do anything. And I just, and you're just like, all of a sudden you can't do anything, not anything at all because of everybody else. That's not, um, that's not emotional maturity. That is, that's think of a little kid, right? When you get caught, or think of your kids. Most of you have them. And if you don't think of when you were a kid, you got caught doing something. What do you do? He did it. She did it. Yeah. That's how you sound as a grown ass adult when people are asking you, why don't you buy vegetables and fruit and actually eat them? Oh, I don't know. They just always go bad. They just always go bad, like on their own. So you buy them and you get home and the next thing they're bad. Or did you not cook them? Did you not prioritize them? See, see, emotional maturity. All right. Um, when you're emotionally mature, you're able to tell what would be the best way to communicate with someone, right? Um, for example, when I was not acting, here's, <laughs> this is so funny that I said I was the mature one, but before I started to become aware and mature in my emotions, when I would throw pity parties and hissy fits, the men in my life would not engage with me. You know why? Because we're in our late thirties going on our forties and they see that behavior and they're like, yeah, no, we're not. And in the same respect, when people are, um, you know, sometimes people will DM me and ask me for advice and I'm going to tell them the truth. Like once you open up that can of worms, once you come to me and ask me for advice, I'm going to tell you uh, what you need to hear uh, to match the level of where you're at. And if I tell you like it is, and it's very straightforward and cutthroat, it's because I believe you can handle it. I thought you were emotionally mature enough, but if it triggers you and you come back to me, like with message after message, after message, after message, after message, um, that's probably not the most appropriate way to communicate, especially when you think of, okay, this woman's running a business. This woman has clients. This woman has this, this, that, and the other, probably not the most appropriate thing to do to blow up her phone with messages. When I asked her to coach me, you know, I, I not coach, but you know, I asked for her advice on something. I got it back. I didn't like it. And so now I'm exploding not the most appropriate way to communicate. Um, that's a very specific situation. Another one might be like, I'm not going to, oh my God, this is so good. Okay. 
prime example. So with that same, with that same example, right? And I, and I broke this down to someone else and I was explaining it to them. I have some coaches, I have several coaches who are millionaires, multimillionaires, and even billionaires. And when I am in their time, like on a coaching call, they're taking time out of their day to pour into me. Um, and they tell me something I don't like. I don't argue with them. I don't make excuses. I don't blame situations outside of me. I take it on the chin and I'm like, okay, I wouldn't email them later. I wouldn't DM them on Facebook and tell them my side of the story. It's just not appropriate. These people are running multi-million dollar, billion dollar businesses. They got a lot of things going on. This probably not the most appropriate way to communicate with them. So what do I do instead? I get my shit together. I take everything that they said into consideration and then boom, I come back and communicate. Hey, I did what you said and this is the result. That That's more of a, an appropriate way to communicate. Um, so someone that's emotionally mature can decipher the situation and really tell like what makes sense, what's the best way to communicate. I've got several uh, members of my Toastmasters club, I wanna say maybe half or at least a third of them that are senior citizens. So, and some of, most of them are really great at texting. So that's not a concern. However, there are some of them who are not so great at texting and some who don't understand the slang and the lingo. So when I'm texting them or emailing them, I make sure that I understand not to leave them out and to communicate with them in a way that they'll understand rather than pulling the defensive immature card, like, well, they need to just get with the times. Well, they need to just, no, no, no. We're gonna be an emotionally mature adult, understand that we get to meet people where they are and choose the appropriate route of communication with them. Does this make sense so far? Okay, cool, 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 right? All right, next up, people who are emotionally mature don't run from problems and they know that uncomfortable conversations are key to healthy relationships. This is a new, I wouldn't say new, this is a renewed area of opportunity for me. When I was in church and I was a youth leader, and I've talked about this on the last episodes, uh, living the inexplicable life or the life that's above reproach. I took my position very seriously. And so I, I was really big on the reconciliation of man, men and women, humans. And so when I would have issues with someone, I would go to them right away because that's what the Bible told me to do. It said, if you have an issue with someone, don't talk shit about them, go find them. So I will go find them. Um, and it was hard and I was always scared to do it every time, but I did it. And something happened when I left church, uh, mainly because I was like church hurt. But something happened where I decided that that version of me, the good, the highest self version of me was only associated with the church. The Bonnie that was honest, that was full of integrity, that considered other people's emotions, all of the best aspects of me, uh, because I had been, you know, indoctrinated with this idea that I am inherently sinful, bad, and filthy, and I need Jesus to save me or else I'll be inherently sinful, bad, and filthy. I had decided that all of those good qualities that were already there within me um, were only uh, appropriate or only came to me because I became a born again believer because I was a leader. So when I left church, a lot of the best parts of me, I left there. Some intentionally uh, out of rebellion and some unintentionally just because I was no longer in those surroundings. And so long story short, I am just now getting back to the version of me that is not afraid to take her concerns and or grievances to the appropriate party. 
Um, I'm still catching myself talking it out with people that have no, that, you know, just mindless chatter and, and learning that I get to take my concerns to the person right away. And it has been fun. It has been embarrassing. It has been uncomfortable. But you know what? That's what emotionally mature people do. They do uncomfortable. They have uncomfortable conversations because no matter what, I've not had an uncomfortable conversation that didn't end well. Every uncomfortable conversation that I've had literally made the relationship better. I recently made a post about, woo, this is a good call. Okay, or a good episode. I recently made a post. I've been ranting about moving to the back, right? Manifested the waterfront apartment. Love it, love it. People back here were acting a fucking fool. Um, the dogs are barking the first day, at first week, because you know, they see a huge body of water. They see people out there rowing. They see jet skis. They see boats. They see lots of people with their dogs walking. Like there's a lot going on and they're in a new place. Of course, they're going to bark. Not to mention, we've got a dog above us that's pretty, that has a big solid bark. We've got two dogs behind us. Like there's at least eight dogs in this freaking building, right? And my neighbors were calling on me every day about barking. Then they started saying that me and Danny weren't picking up the poop was, was actual like, bullshit because I even pick up other people's poop. Anywho, long story short, again, as always, I made a uh, a Facebook post about it in our neighborhood community. And then I made a public one on my own page. And I talked about unconscious bias. And I don't know if I use the race card, but I definitely was referring to the fact that they could be unconsciously biased about my race or, and this is the big one, it's unconscious bias about the pit bulls. The people just assume pit bull owners are irresponsible. They're bad dogs. They're bad owners. But most of all, I don't. I'm not even sure if it's unconscious bias anymore. I think it had a lot to do with them just um, knowing that pit bulls are on the restricted animal list, but they can go fuck themselves because these are my ESAs. So yay! Now I made a post about it. And a friend of mine who's very anti-woke uh, culture and uh, he's very conservative and that has nothing, like we're still friends. We are still friends and I love that. And he got, he goes, you know, is it unconscious bias that you, you know, or maybe they're being unconscious or maybe you're being unconsciously biased. I don't know. He just took my words and twisted them. And I was too heated. Like one, he he didn't need to do that. Like it just, it was inappropriate. Again, this that was emotional maturity. It triggered him to see that word that he's literally done a speech about in our club. He used all these new terms from diversity and inclusion training and he used them as if they were comical, right? As if it was funny to make fun of them. Um, and so seeing those words, unconscious bias triggered him. Um, and it triggered me for him to come at me. And it just became this whole thing where I even texted him. I was like, dude, are you serious? Like, are you taking the side of people that you don't even know over me? And his response was, I was like, are you taking the people that accuse me over me? And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, did you accuse people of unconscious bias? I was like, and it just turned into this whole thing. And I was like, dude, what the frack? Um, and then I think we ended up just picking up the phone and calling each other or something. And um, I apologized before he could even say anything. And most of you are probably like, Bonnie, you don't need to apologize. You know, old white men, this, this, and that. That's cool, that's cool. But that's not gonna help us reconcile our issues is me just saying he's an old white man that doesn't understand. That's not gonna get us anywhere. So I immediately, um, look at me tapping back into to, to leader bonds, said, please forgive me for my outburst. Uh, it clearly triggered me when you said that. And after rereading his messages, it wasn't what I thought it was. And then it also wasn't what he thought it was. 
And I shared my stories of how I grew up with a father that for the longest time I thought hated white people because of the things that he'd say behind closed doors. And he told me about how he grew up not really even knowing about racism until he moved to Virginia as a grown man and black people were accusing him of being racist when he wasn't. And so we got to hear each other's stories like that. Like I never would have known that. I wouldn't have expected that. Um, you know, I would have thought he grew up in a racist family or something. And the truth is he was raised to not be. I think he said he knew his father was, but he never acted like it in front of him. Um, and then it probably surprised him to hear about, you know, me growing up the only white, the only black kid, and then also being afraid of, you know, just bringing my friends home or just my dad always talking junk or whatever. So we got to hear both sides of the story because uncomfortable conversations create healthy relationships. So if you're an emotionally mature person, you're not going to run from the problems in your relationship at your job with your friends and your friendship circle. You're going to take them head on, take it on the chin. Does it mean it has to be an argument? Uh, and that's what my friend said when I picked up the phone, he goes, you didn't have to apologize. He goes, you're my friend. We had a disagreement, that's all. When you're not emotionally mature, you don't understand the difference between a disagreement and the end of a friendship. And unfortunately, a lot of my life was spent having disagreements and then just burning bridges. Disagreements, all right, we're done. Um, I think one of the last fallouts that I had, uh, those, that's how my friends were. They didn't, if there was something bothering them about me, they kept it to themselves, kept it to themselves until it just bubbled over and they blurt out things like, oh, well, you're selfish, Bonnie. And then, you know, then I'm like, well, I didn't know that you had a track record of thinking I was selfish and you must because that came out of nowhere. Or um, during the pandemic, I was inviting like one or two people over to come swim in my pool. And then next thing I know, there's a group chat with like seven people in it. And I was trying to tell people, hey, you guys, everyone can't come to my house. Can we stop inviting people to the chat? And the last person to invite someone got mad, left the chat. She's literally one of my fitness clients. Haven't talked to her since. She got mad because <laughs> I said, stop inviting people to my house, right? Zero conflict resolution. And then the one that hurt the most was one of my homegirls. And I think I've talked about her before. She took very good care of me as my manager at NBC. We became friends, became close friends. Um, she did a lot for me financially, emotionally. Um, I couldn't always keep up with her her lifestyle. She made more money than me. And um, one day she needed me to hang out. Not even needed me. She was getting her car done on this side of town and she wanted to hang out. And I said I would. And then at the last minute, I realized I was people pleasing and I was realizing how I self-sabotage in my business by saying yes to my friends instead of, you know, yes to my business or at least not putting up boundaries. So I let her know, hey, someone booked the sales call today. So I'm actually going to need to rehearse and practice for that call so I can't come hang out. She didn't respond to me. She said, um, you know, I wish you'd let me know in advance, something, something, something. And then that was it. And I, I sent her a lengthy, I am so sorry, please forgive me. I just really need to, you know, grow my business. And she never responded back to me. We haven't spoken in years since. This is what happens when people are emotionally immature. Because clearly, I, I know that she wouldn't get mad about me not coming to just hang out with her. It's two hours. Pick up your phone. Play something on your phone. You know, go take yourself out to lunch. It's not that serious. So clearly, there was something that I must have been doing that was not communicated to me in advance. Um, and this is how 
this is a prime example of what happens when two people are not emotionally mature in a situation. So if a lot of your friendships have ended like that, where there's just a disagreement and no attempt to talk about it, you guys may want to work on your emotional maturity. So here are some signs um, of people, uh, you know, to surmise that, okay? Admitting when you're wrong. Like I said, I apologize immediately to my friend and I apologize to my homegirl when she, you know, when I couldn't, when I had to go back on my word. Um, and as I've grown in my business, I have learned how much people pleasing I do and how much saying yes, I do. And I will catch myself at the last minute and have to apologize. And it doesn't always go well with people, but I do understand that I was wrong and I accept responsibility for it. So I'm growing, you know, admitting when you're wrong. Number two, seeing other people's perspective. I could be mad at my friend for blowing me off, but I started to think, I was like, you know what? She's paid for me a lot, a lot of different places, a lot of different times. So she's probably feeling like, you know, the one time I need her, she's not here for me. So I can understand her being mad. It's unfortunate, but I understand where she's coming from. Another sign of emotional maturity is listening to understand instead of listening to answer. When I responded to my friend's text, the gentleman or the, the comment on the Facebook post, I was not responding to understand where he was coming from, even if I thought he was wrong. I was responding because I was mad and how dare he, right? Emotionally mature people set boundaries. This is something, this is a work in progress for me and I'm usually catching them after they've been overstepped, but hey, we gotta start somewhere, right? Great. Emotionally mature people learn to pause between their feelings and a reaction, knowing that just because you feel it doesn't mean you have to respond it. Ooh, excuse me, respond to it. You can be craving fries because you drive by the, the checkers or the, the Chick-fil-A or the McDonald's, but it doesn't mean that you have to stop and get the fries just because it's an impulse. You can see a hot guy and be like, oh my God, I would ride him till the, the sun comes up. That doesn't mean you have to go ride him till the sun comes up, right? Okay, so if we understand that we don't have to give in to every impulse and every urge, the same is true when it comes to your feelings. They don't require an immediate response. Emotional maturity looks like having honest, being honest and being an integral person. I covered that on the last couple podcasts. Uh, it means putting your ego to the side. I got some situations in my personal life right now with the with the masculines in my life, like almost all of them. And I'm just looking, I was like, boo-boo, your ego needs to come down some. Like the the mentor that I spoke of earlier, I'm like the, one of the big reasons why we air quotations, mutually decided not to pursue it at this time because his ego is too big. Um, I don't know if he's threatened by my success or if he feels like he has to be successful first for us to be in a relationship. I don't freaking know. But like, it's an ego thing. And with my long-term on and off again boyfriend, same thing. We had so many issues because he couldn't be real and just tell me what's going on. And yes, I played a role in it by not providing the safest of spaces, but it all comes down to egos and people not being able to put them to the side. Because when you can, you're probably an emotionally mature, per uh, you're probably an emotionally mature person. Next, um, open-mindedness and willingness to step out of your comfort zone. Someone who is um, mature in their emotions understand that fear and that um, lack of confidence and all these things that happen when you do something new, that that's normal. These are normal human experiences. And we're also open to experiencing new things. And then last but not least, if you're an emotionally mature person, you seek out personal growth. 
people that don't seek out personal growth is usually because they don't like discomfort. And if you don't like discomfort, that means you're still like a baby. Okay, think of a baby, how they cry when they're hot, they cry when they're hungry, they cry for everything, right? Whenever they're uncomfortable, they cry. And if you don't let, allow yourself to be uncomfortable enough, you are basically a baby. Oh my God, I don't know anybody here, so I'm not gonna go. Oh my God, I don't wanna go to the gym because people will see me and I won't look perfect. You're not fucking perfect. Get over yourself. Again, the ego. Oh my God, I don't wanna do this because it's gonna be hard. Okay, so do what's easy, but don't complain about the results you get for doing what's easy. People who are emotionally mature can deal with the positive emotions that they feel as well as the negative emotions that they feel, right? People that are emotionally mature have a way of connecting with people. If you have a hard time connecting with people, this whole social anxiety, and I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad about any of their diagnoses, which will be my next episode, by the way, uh, fake pharma, which we all knew, but whatever. Um, not trying to make anybody feel bad, but what I'm saying is <sighs> social anxiety, um, social awkwardness, um, I'm not talking about just being an introvert, but all of these things, like if you feel like you have a hard time connecting or a hard time making friends, it could be because you are not emotionally mature. You may be very emotionally intelligent. Like you can watch people overreact and look and be like, yeah, that wasn't a smart move. Or you can watch your parents, you know, blow up in fights and you'd be like, yeah, that's not the best move. But just because you are not an impulsive person and you don't, you're not quick to anger, doesn't mean that you've mastered your emotions because there is an emotion called anxiety or the state of being anxious that comes from discomfort or dysregulated nervous system or someone who is lacking the proper tools to uh, manage their mind and they let it wander and create. Because here's the thing. Um, anxiety is a choice and I don't care who that pisses off. It is a choice. Just like uh, joy is a choice. There are people that have been through hell and back that have more joy than some of us Americans who are running around here talking about, I'm anxious, I'm depressed. These are all things, your brain does whatever you tell it to do. So you keep on walking around talking about, I'm depressed. You keep on walking around talking about, I'm anxious. Well, lo and behold, you are a depressed, anxious son of a bitch. Okay. What would happen if you started changing your narrative? Because that's literally all that it takes, but it takes consistency. And because, again, if you don't like doing things out of your comfort zone, like being fucking consistent, you're going to blame it on something like a disease that you can use as a scapegoat, that you can also get prescriptions for that also subsequently don't really work. Again, next episode, tune in, catch me. But emotionally mature people are able to connect with other people. Why? Because they're able to talk with other people when they go out and see, hey, that girl looks nervous. Maybe I should go talk to her. I'm nervous too. Or hey, he looks new here, lost and confused. I remember what it was like to be lost and confused. Let me go talk with them. Or you know what? That person doesn't look like they want to talk too much. Let me just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so much easier to connect with people when you're mature in your emotions. Okay, so I think that we've done a lot of talking about what mature people do. So let's kind of flip the script and look at uh, what emotionally immature people um, do. Uh, emotionally immature people are, again, as I mentioned, impulsive. They act, uh, they, they immediately respond to their impulses. Um, they place blame on other people instead of taking ownership for their actions. And an excellent way to judge your maturity or uh, someone else's maturity 
um, is to pay attention to their responses during an argument. Sometimes when you're in an argument, uh, a mature person will switch to fighting. And this was me and my baby's father from the time I was 14 to 20. Neither one of us were mature or emo I was emotionally intelligent, but I was not emotionally mature. Um, and he was neither. So we both uh, resulted to fighting and name calling. And, and when I'd get mad, I knew I could say some hurtful things to him. And he knew that he didn't know the words or the, you know, have the, the EQ to, to, to hurt me emotionally. Um, so he would hurt me physically or, or, you know, like, so every time we'd have a disagreement or a conflict, it had to turn into an actual fight and we never got to a solution. If your fights and your disagreements with your friends or your significant other never come to a solution or resolution of conflict, then there one of y'all is emotionally immature or both of you are, okay? Solutions come from communication. And if you're never able to reach a solution, then that is a problem in communication. And it's very hard to communicate maturely when you are not mature emotionally, okay? so. Um, having, having this like block is going, or actually being able to be aware that this is where you're at is just going to do wonders for so many of you. I already know it. I already know it. So, Ooh, excuse me. If you're looking, if, if you, if I'm saying these things and you're like, okay, so I'm not as emotionally mature as I thought. Um, one of the ways, something that's going to help you is to work on your confidence because the more confident that you are and who you are, um, it is a lot easier to put your ego to the side and actually listen to the other person's perspective. Um, that'll, that'll definitely help accelerate your, your maturity. So again, real quick to recap, signs as someone that is emotionally immature, they're extremely reactive to situations. Dear God, I have so many people whose names just popped up in my head when I thought of that. Uh, you're afraid of failure or doing anything to avoid discomfort. Oh my God, I know so many people. You're not able to spend time alone. I legit used to have clients that would tell me, Bonnie, I hate being alone because I'm alone with my thoughts. And I was like, you know that you get to redirect your thoughts, right? Like you are not your thoughts. Did you know that? And did you think that they just come on, you know, someone put those thoughts in your head and you have to take them? Like, what? What do you mean you don't like being alone? So you have to hear your thoughts. Well, when do you plan on hearing them? You're just going to stay at parties and with people and with the TV on for the rest of your life? Get the fuck out of here. Emotional immaturity. Next, you shut down discussions that are challenging or uncomfortable. That is such a sign of emotional immaturity. How many of y'all's managers do that? They don't let you get a, a word in anywhere because it makes them uncomfortable and it challenges them because they're immature and they're not confident in themselves and their ego gets in the way oh those are my absolute favorite okay <laughs> uh the ones who they just they can't stand to be challenged they need some help and if you're listening to this and this doesn't seem very fluid, it's because I just realized that it stopped recording me at 30 minutes. What? We're almost done here though. I'm back. All right. More signs of emotional immaturity. Thank God I caught it before I went on too far. I'm struggling to talk about your feelings. Okay. This is really big for men. We don't teach men how to talk about their feelings. Society teaches men that their feelings and emotions are bad and um, that they should be pushed down and that they should be suppressed. But it's like, Emotions are energy in motion. 
So we've got these men filled with all these emotions, no outlet for all this energy. And you wonder why we have so many violent crimes, right? Especially in poverty and in inner cities and where there's minorities because we have less access to mental health and resources. So when you see, oh God, focus, Bonnie. I almost, I almost went somewhere else. Just focus on this right now. Okay, okay. <laughs> so when you struggle to talk about your feelings, because especially as men, because somebody taught them to, uh, this is why we have so much anger, hurt, and violence in our world. And I'll just keep it at that. Next, emotional immaturity, an inability to use past experiences to shape your empathy and understanding. This is what I preach from the rooftops when I'm talking about learning lessons in life. You go through hardships, but yet when you see someone else going through it, you don't show empathy. You go through hardships, but when you see somebody else struggling, you can't remember what it was like. You go through awkward situations. You, you're the new person in a place, uh, and yet you're still an asshole to the new person that comes to work, even though you remember what it was like to be new, right? That's emotional immaturity right? Oh, well, I struggled. Well, they have to, too. Well, stop that. Stop that. But don't just stop that. Let's work on that. Let's work on our own personal confidence so that we can set our ego to the side so that we can show empathy and understanding. Another sign of emotional immaturity is not being open to other people's opinions and experiences. I think that we covered that on the whole discomfort thing. But yeah, you know, uh, we also know that blaming someone else or any other outside external thing aside from yourself and constantly lying when you're in difficult situations. Ladies, remember how we always, we're always accusing men of being liars. They lie, they cheat, they steal because nobody told them. I know it sounds like I'm like sympathizing with the men so much, but I, ladies, like it's the truth. Like we're taught, we're taught so many different things, right? And they're not taught how to come clean and how to not be tough all the time. And so then that's why they're lying. Recently found out some very interesting things about my significant other. And I was like, dude, if I had known that, you didn't have to do that. But it's the pride. It's the motherfucking pride. Ah! Mostly immature people usually don't take responsibility for their actions. And they don't recognize that the problem isn't always someone else. Like literally the problem cannot always be someone else. Self-reflection is key, but it's also very difficult for people who are not emotionally mature, which is why having a coach is going to help. Therapy is very helpful as well. I know I talk a lot of shit about it, but it's just because I know that actually I love my therapists that don't work for like a corporate because they're like me. They're like, they're going to their practitioner and there's no one to like tell them oh you can't cuss or oh you can't say this no this is what the fuck they need to hear so um anywho self-reflection is key if you're not working with a therapist or you don't want to be on a long wait list or you can't find someone that you feel comfortable with dude i do one-off mindset coaching sessions i will put the link in the show notes hop on that bit let's talk because bruh okay um being able to listen to other people's perspective is a sign of emotional maturity, but it's also something that people with low emotional intelligence and maturity have a hard time doing. So how do you improve, right? 45 minutes into this thing, how do we improve? Okay, number one, clarify your goals for yourself. Who do you want to be? What do you want to be? Bonnie, you talk about goals a lot because I'm a freaking coach, okay? Number two, recognize your triggers. I realize that when my boyfriend doesn't communicate with me about how late he's going to be, I get triggered. 
Why? Because my dad was poor communication and poor timing. And I never knew when he was coming or if he was coming. Boom. Set boundaries. I let him know now. If you are not here before this time, you will not be seeing your girlfriend tonight. I go to bed early. I'm not going to be sitting up waiting for you to maybe come at this time or running late or you're keeping secrets because you're embarrassed about your financial situation. I don't have time for that. Okay. And he figured it out. Okay. Number four, observe rather than react. This is my favorite one. So meditation helps with this. When you meditate, uh, and, and you're past the, the stage of blaming yourself and getting mad at yourself for not being able to meditate for hours, you know, or, or, or you know, the beginning when you're like, I keep thinking of other things. That's fine. That's normal. Okay. When you get good at meditating, you'll be able to observe your thoughts and you see them coming up and you just kind of look at them like, why am I even thinking about that right now? Get out of here. And then another thought will pop up and you're like, that's so silly. Get out of here. That's the power of meditation. Those of you that have a shitty thought life and you can't control your thoughts, I guarantee you, you're probably not meditating. I said most of you are probably not meditating. And if you are, uh, it's time to step it up. And if you'd like some techniques or if you'd like to discuss with me what's missing, shoot me a DM. No, I'm not going to charge to tell you what you're missing, but you may realize that we probably need to be talking together more than just in the DMs. Or maybe not. Maybe what I tell you in the DMs is a solution. Who freaking knows? It's worth a shot. Next. Um, we said observe rather than react and then pause before reacting. So notice, for example, when someone cuts in front of me, my reflex or impulse is to be like, your mother's a whore. But if I pause, if I observe, oh, funny, this car cut you off and you decided to say that this person's mother was a whore. Why? And just observe it. Like if I do that, I automatically am like, yeah, that was weird. That was that. That's not the 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 reconciliation bonds we know about. Um, so you get to pause before reacting. So those two go hand in hand. Pause and then observe. I should probably flip those. Pause before reacting and observe before reacting. All right, next, identify and name your emotions. So let's say I'm in the car and the person cuts me off and I get mad. Ah. What am I mad about? I'm actually, I'm frustrated. What am I frustrated about? Because I'm running late because uh, this person hopped in front of me. So why does that matter? Well, because I'm running late. Why am I running late? Because I left the house late. Why'd you leave the house late? Because I always leave the house late. So now we've learned that I'm not mad at that car, which leads us to the next step, taking responsibility and ownership. It's my fault that I'm frustrated because had I left early with ample time, people cutting me off, I would just be like, huh, guess he's in a hurry. But now, because um, I'm taking responsibility and realizing that I left late, so now I'm anxious and worried and flustered. And so now I'm in a hurry and now I'm frustrated. It has nothing to do with that person. They just happen to be there. That, my friends, is a display of what emotional intelligence and emotional maturity looks like. Okay? And it is a very important process in your personal development. If you practice these things that we just list, clarifying your goals, maybe that looks like being a calm, cool, collected ass bitch. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like if that's it, then you have to start recognizing your triggers. Okay. And if that's it, then that means you, you got to start setting boundaries around those triggers or, or around your behaviors. You got to start observing and pausing before you react. You have to start naming your emotions and just not letting them become a normal occurrence because the more that you name them, Hey, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. You realize like, Oh snap, I'm frustrated a lot. What could we do about this? Which will lead you to the next step. 
taking ownership and responsibility. What can I do about this? Not what can that driver do about it? Because if you don't take responsibility over your actions, guess what? If it's not that driver, it's gonna be another driver. And if it's not the driver, it's gonna be your kids in the car. And if it's not your kids, it's your significant other. And if it's not them, it's your coworkers. You gotta take responsibility for your emotions, boo-boo, or else life is going to be a very frustrating place. So guys, I got uh, nothing left for you today. I hope that you got some value from this teaching lesson. I really, really hope you do. And if you did, as always, you know the deal. Screenshot this, post it to your story, tag me, send this to a friend that's going to get value from this. And I can't remember if I put it in the beginning of this podcast, but M3, Mindset, Makeover, Magic, Four Day, Vision Board, and Manifestation Workshop is going down the end of this month. You better sign up for that bad boy. I love you to the moon and back. Have the best day of your lives, and I'll see you next time.